Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Live around Australia on SEN Track. Welcome to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds. The first bet Sunday through Friday. grnz.co.nz. Oh, it's one of the biggest weekends of racing in Australia. And I tell you what, the enthusiasm extends to all jurisdictions and I think across the Tasman as well as we discuss the latest Greyhound racing news in New Zealand. Damien Watson's my name on this Sunday morning. Hope you're enjoying yourself and hopefully you're back to winner yesterday in the Cox Plate meeting. Time to introduce our two panel members. They're up and about this morning, no question about that. Firstly, a big welcome to Mark Rosanowski, veteran Greyhound racing caller in New Zealand. Of course, we do this for New Zealand and Greyhounds, the first bet Sunday through Friday at grnz.co.nz. Welcome to you, Rosso. Yeah, kia ora, Damien. Good morning. Uh, yes, more and more veteran by the week, I've got to say. Too. Sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> thought I would pull that out, but I keep pulling it out. <laughs> no, no, well, I am a week older. So okay. <laughs> if I'm a veteran last week, I'm definitely a veteran this week. Hey, look, it is, it's a massive week of racing, and we love the Cox Plate here. And, of course, the Kiwis have a, a, a really a good, strong connection with uh, the Cox Plate. And this morning, we do have a Cox Plate theme as well. But uh, I guess before we introduce our first guest who has that Cox Plate theme running through his veins, I suppose we should really say good morning to uh, to Andy McCook as well. Andy's had a, a very big week. Oh, yes. We might talk about a little bit later in the show. How are you, Andy? Yeah, I'm battling away. All right, boys. We've got the tech working this morning, which is always good. And uh, hopefully uh, I can stay tuned in for the whole show and uh, we can belt one out. You don't realise that we cut you off on purpose, Andy. Um, look, <laughs> I can't blame you. I can't blame you, to be honest. <laughs> oh, look, um, just over 20 years ago, um, we had a marvellous mayor. Mayor of the world, she was called by uh, David Raphael up in Hong Kong. And her name was Sunline and she was part owned by Thane Green. And Thane has been uh, an enormous key in greyhound racing in New Zealand to get the code where it is to this day. And that is why he is in the Greyhound Racing New Zealand Hall of Fame through his work, particularly through administration in uh, key times during the 80s and 90s. Uh, obviously with the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club, but with Greyhound Racing New Zealand on the TAB board, the Racing Industry Board, the New Zealand Racing Industry Board, as it was called. They had a whole series of names there, but Thane was the Greyhound representative on those boards helping us to get us where we were. And uh, Thane part owned Sunline, the winner of the Cox Plate in 1999 and 2000. So it's fantastic to have Thane as a guest this morning. Good, mo good morning to you, Thane. Morning, Mark. How are you? Hey, Thane. Oh, I'm good, mate. Look, um, I hope you're well too. And uh, I, I so enjoyed watching those uh, two Cox Plates again of Sunline. It's been played quite a few times on trackside here during the week. So uh, you must be loving the uh, the reminiscing uh, that the Cox Plate brings to you every year. Yeah, it certainly does, and uh, it's still it's still nice to watch it. Um, just a bit disappointed that Trevor's not here to watch it with us, but uh, that's life. 
Yeah, the late Trevor McKee, of course, a great mate of yours. You may race many horses with him, but the most famous, of course, Sunline. So how well do you remember 99, 2000, being there at Mooney Valley and indeed making the owner's speech uh, after those two wins? Well, yeah, I only missed ever ever missed one race of Sunlines, and that's why when I was in Fiji. Other than that, I saw every uh, every I was at every race. Um, the '99 was was really thrilling, um, but the two the 2000 I thought was uh, better from the point of view that they'd written her off during the week, and uh, she came out and won by about eight lengths. It was so dominant, Sane, and the other thing about it was the race appeared over halfway through. Is that how it appeared to you on the day? Yeah, as soon as they turned, well, not quite halfway, but as soon as they turned for home, uh, we were pretty confident, and um, she didn't look like she was ever going to stop. What sort of a response did she get over there, Sane? I mean, obviously she was a New Zealand mare, but ultimately she raced predominantly in Australia. Yeah, oh, the Australians took to her really good, um, especially in Sydney uh, early. And then when, of course, when she went to Melbourne, um, the crowds just flocked around her all the time. And uh, yeah, no, they, uh, they were excellent with her. And of course, uh, up in Hong Kong, uh, that, that mile on the battle against Fairy King Prawn, obviously another uh, highlight of her amazing career. Yeah, certainly I, I rate that as either number one or number two. Um, it was a great a great, uh, great race and a great thrill and, of course, uh, a massive crowd. I um, probably won't get to experience what you experienced with Sunline Sane, so I need to ask you, what is it like after you've had a horse like her and you know that that's the horse of a lifetime and, look, you've, you've raced some marvellous dogs and you've raced other really good horses too, but... But, I mean, she's just that exceptional one. So what, what is it like in the sort of 20 years since to be racing the dogs and, 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 and the horses? Is it still a thrill to get those winners? Yes. It's, um, I mean, anybody that races any sort of animal, uh, you know, you, uh, you get a thrill out when they win. And uh, that was one of the things that people didn't understand when, I came, when we came home from uh, winning the Cox Plate. Um, you know, a million-dollar race it was then. And... Uh, and you know, the next day I won a greyhound race for 250. So, um, it, it, you know, it's just the thrill of winning and the adrenaline rush uh, that anybody gets when uh, when they've got something that succeeds. Oh, indeed. And uh, look, in the late 80s, you had a couple of greyhounds, uh, Steiny Blue, who was uh, inducted into the Greyhound Racing New Zealand Hall of Fame recently as well, uh, and also Bridie Girl, that you prepared to win the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, which is our most famous greyhound race here, and uh, clearly you have fabulous memories of them, uh, which was even well before Sunline. Oh, yes, yeah, way back before that. But, um, yeah, no, they were two good uh, good achievements, and they were sisters, and uh, won the Silver Collar um, two years in a row with, with each dog, yes. And saying, um, are you still driven to try and find uh, another greyhound to win a silver collar or something like that? You're training a small team and Dandy's going to take you through the runners uh, that you've got in today very shortly. But um, are you still striving for, for, for the ultimate or just, just sitting back and relaxing these days? 
yeah, no, just sitting back and watching, basically. Just uh, just got two or three greyhounds racing at the moment, just as an interest to keep me alive. Um, but no, you know, we've we've had our we've had our horse of of the century, and uh, you, you'd never get another one as good as her. Um, so yeah, no, just sit back and enjoy it. Indeed. Um, just quickly, before we leave the Cox Plate, yesterday's running, uh, Thane, you actually have a, a bit of a connection to the horse that ran third and a, another wonderful mare in her own right, very elegant. Yeah, well, Nick Bouchara trains from my property at Ardmore, and, uh, of course, that's where the horse started its career and uh, was there until it was sold. And uh, saying from a Melbourne Cup perspective, that probably wasn't a bad run from Very Elegant yesterday. No, um, I don't think it was one of her best runs, and I think there's a couple of very strong uh, horses in the Melbourne Cup that uh, I think I'd, I'd be picking ahead of her. Dane, you mentioned you've got uh, three greyhounds and uh, they're racing today. Andy McCook will bring you in here. I know you've been looking through the form for the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club and uh, we'll see if we can't get another winner up for Thane Green today. He got one home at decent odds last week. Yeah, and he goes around again today as well, Rosso. Uh, Thane, a very good morning to you. Andy McCook here. Uh, as we said, you've only got a small team these days and uh, just the three greyhounds going around today and uh, two of them facing each other. Race four, Call Me Leo, comes up with box six. What have you made of his last two couple of starts? Uh, he's been pretty unlucky in his last couple of starts. He's, had, he's now had a downgrade today. Um, a very strong field, but he may run a place, um, but that's the best I can see from him. You've also got Thrilling Hudson going around here. Of, uh, of course, he was able to win last week, so uh, the opposite, he uh, sort of steps up or, or in a similar grade, I guess, to last week, but uh, comes up with a wide draw. Yeah, that won't quite suit him as good as the inside draw. Um, once again, it's a strong field, and we've ended up with a couple in the same race. Um, but to be uh, factual about the day, um, I think it's a, a, a great day today. I think they'll win five races. That's good to hear. Uh, you've also got uh, in the last Golden Fern going around, and to be fair, he's been uh, he's been very good since coming back from lockdown. Yeah, he has. He's he's pretty consistent. Um, he's not quite uh, a top class five dog. He's he's uh, just on the fringe. He's he's a good class four dog. Um, they just go a little bit fast for him, but he's he's very consistent, and um, he'll he'll be he'll be trying pretty hard in that. But uh, there's a uh, a dog that's won this last four or five in a row. Um, it, it's a certainty, I think. Yeah, certainly surprised too at a dollar fifty, isn't it? Uh, your boy comes up with box number three. What are you, what are you sort of expecting from him to, to be there early, or uh, you know, and, and, and does box three suit his style? Yeah, no, it suits him. He goes straight. He doesn't, he doesn't come in or go out. Um, yeah, it suits him, and uh, you know, I'd be disappointed if he didn't didn't run a place in that race. Decent enough price as well, a dollar eighty to run a place here. Uh, wheels on fire, the hot favourite in that Rosso uh, that Thing was uh, alluding to. A really nice sprinter out of the Craig team, but uh, Golden Fern a dollar eighty a place. Certainly not the worst. No, indeed, um, Thing. Before we let you go, um, look for those people who haven't been listening to us over the past few weeks and aren't aware of the restrictions the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club are racing under. They've been able to run the last couple of Sundays, but effectively for sort of half a dozen trainers who 
are, are based in the area. And the fact of the matter is that the only available lure driver um, to have these meetings going is you, one Thane Green. And so you have been driving the lure for these recent meetings. How's that been going for you? Yeah, no, it's been going good. Um, obviously, it's not the norm, um, but uh, the, everybody that was uh, racing dogs um, last week and today uh, have authorised it because basically they haven't got any other option because uh, that's it. But um, no, it's work, it's working pretty good, and at least we are getting races in Auckland where uh, otherwise we wouldn't be able to. Thane, uh, you've done just about everything in Greyhound Racing, but how long have you been driving the lure? Oh, I've, I've been driving for a few years, not not in race. Well, on a couple of occasions I drove in races when when the lure driver got sick halfway through the meeting. But um, no, I don't normally drive, but I drive trials uh, every Wednesday and have been doing that for six or seven years. Saying, I know from uh, having called a few meetings up in the box there, not far away from where the lure driver is or next door, that it can be quite tough on days when it's raining. It was wet last week, and if I'm not mistaken, I can hear raindrops wherever you are right now too. Yeah, you're not kidding. It's uh, it's worse than last week. So, uh, um, yeah, we'll be seeing what happens today. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got a very strong wind again and we've got rain, but it is coming from side on to the box. So um, not as bad as it was last week, head on with, the, with gales. But there is wind and raining. Well, Thane, I'm sure everybody appreciates the effort you're making uh, to do that, uh, to lure driving so that you can get these races underway. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning, giving us your thoughts around your dogs and particularly those uh, that little bit of reminiscing around Sunline. Thanks very much. Cheers, Thane. That's uh, Greyhound Racing New Zealand Hall of Fame man for many things, particularly administration, obviously training as well, and, of course, famously part-owning Sunline two-time Cox Plate winner, Damien, nice to have a, a Cox Plate link to our show this day. Yeah, that's right. And just before we head to our first break, we had obviously the protests and it created a little bit of drama yesterday. It was ultimately dismissed. Was it Sunline involved in that protest with, was it Viscount back in 2001 and, and Norvely in there as well, if my memory serves me correct? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, the three of them up the straight, it was, uh, it was pretty tense stuff, wasn't it? It's one of the more dramatic finishes. And of course, we're all... Uh, cheering Sunline on, hoping for uh, for a third, and it wasn't quite to be, although she did run in four. Ultimately, that was her uh, fourth and final, I think, from uh, from memory. But uh, yes, indeed, and it just adds to the extra drama of a race that's dramatic anyway. And when you add in, of course, yesterday, the uh, the uh, the early late scratching, if you like, um, if that makes sense, but the late scratching early on in the day of, uh, of the favourite Zaki. Yeah. Uh, once again, another dramatic addition of the Cox Plate, which um, just uh, continues to... to to thrill us year on year, and it's uh, one of those races that Kiwis love to be involved in in some shape or form. Yeah, that's right, and uh, I love that drama element, even though uh, ultimately it was dismissed and many pundits thought it was always going to be dismissed. The protest, particularly when you have no cameras in the stewards' room, it does add to the intrigue, no question about that. We'll take a break here on Kiwi Chasing. On the other side, talk about Andy's new appointments and go into a bit of depth on the other side for that. Uh, exciting times for our man, Andy McCook. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. Live around Australia on SEN Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for form. 
And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning on SEN Track. Damien Watson joined by broadcasters, very seasoned broadcasters. You might like that word a little bit better, Rosso. Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. And speaking of seasoned, Andy, you've got big news in regards to your own career. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, just uh, just this week, been appointed uh, full time role with uh, with Trackside and the TAB over here in New Zealand as a uh, commentator slash presenter. Obviously, uh, been uh, working as a, a contractor for uh, for Trackside for a few years now. When um, an opportunity arose, and uh, yeah, was able to grab that with both hands. So uh, yeah, unfortunately for some people here in New Zealand, they're going to hear a lot more of me yeah. um, with a, a little bit of calling and a, a little bit of presenting as well, which kicks off in a couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, going to be great to be able to sink my teeth into that and uh, just get a little bit more full time and uh, hopefully get a little bit better as we go on, which will be super. Oh, fantastic well, we, work. <laughs> Damien, we had some pretty dark times, obviously, uh, as everybody has in some shape or form through COVID-19 and the first lockdown that we had, our contractors, we lost them overnight. We lost some really good people, uh, some people who really know their racing. One of those was Andy McCook. Um, who effectively lost um, all of his work overnight being a contractor. Um, at least now with Andy having a full-time role, if we're to have anything like that again, and let's hope we certainly don't, uh, mm. going pretty well for the New Zealand TAB of late. But of course, we've still got this COVID thing hanging over our head uh, in, uh, in our everyday life. But uh, it's terrific to have Andy as part of the full-time stable, just uh, bringing to us um, each and every day uh, the... Um, the skills that he's gleaned over a, a lifetime in racing, really. And um, the other thing that we should know about Andy McCook is that, you know, he's been calling trials across all codes as well. So um, I'm sure in the future too, we might hear him uh, calling a few horses home, uh, as well as the greyhounds we shall see in time. Oh, it's fantastic. Of course, we do this for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first four form. And, yeah, it's great to hear that you're doing that. Just in regards to how you're going to balance the training commitments, I'm interested in that as well, Andy. Uh, in terms of your training commitments in the Greyhound game, where does that sit? Does it take a little bit of a backward seat? <laughs> It does take a little bit of a backward seat. I mean, the, but the, the good thing with uh, with this role is it tends to be afternoon work. So, uh, yeah, Janine will, Janine will still be trying to get me out of bed nice and early to get out there and help with the dogs <laughs> and the rain, hail and shine and uh, and try and get the polish put on them before uh, before we head off to uh, to, to work. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things, uh, Damo, where it's uh, it's good to be able to uh, still be able to get out and, and get hands on with the dogs and, and help get the team ready to be racing as well as uh, being able to, uh, to bring in a guarantee income as well just takes a bit of pressure off the dogs and uh, makes yeah. life a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, that's a good point you make. Uh, uh, Rosa, what are your thoughts on the New Zealand Cup heat runners, particularly for some of the smaller kennels? Yeah, look, for the remainder of this show, we're going to have a, a fair concentration on the seven heats for the Suck It Up Limited New Zealand Cup, which has a $100,000 final on the 11th of November, the Thursday of our New Zealand Cup week, which is the second week of November after, of course, the great uh, Melbourne Cup takes place. Um, and um, Andy McCook, before we, we talk about some of the smaller kennels that have got runners in there, uh, obviously uh, Janine has Epic Cruise and I'm just wondering about Epic Cruises' uh, shakedown towards the heats of the New Zealand Cup. We have heats, semi-finals, and final. And um, how is Epic Cruise shaping up? Yeah, he's really well at the moment, uh, Rosa. Obviously, for the last uh, five or six weeks, everything we've been doing with him has been uh, aiming towards that uh, that second Tuesday or second Thursday in November, and uh, and just trying to have him cherry ripe for that day. And uh, he had a, a nice uh, solo trial on Friday, just uh, just to get around by himself and boost his confidence a wee bit. And uh, 
probably one of the, well, not probably, it, it is one of the best trials he's ever put in. It is the best trial he's ever put in. So he's uh, heading in the right direction. He hasn't been far away against some very good dogs of late, including his last start third behind Roger Bale, where uh, he just had no luck at all on the home corner. Uh, got stuck in behind Rock on John and just uh, wouldn't leave the rail. Uh, old Cruzy probably could have come around and burnt around the dog if he wanted to, but he decided to stick paint and try and get a run, which never happened. But um, happy with the draw in the, the first round, Rosso. Uh, a little bit of speed to our outside and hopefully we get a bit of room from the, from our inside, sorry, and hopefully a bit of room from the dog on our outside. So clean room early is all he needs, the big fella, and hopefully he can put his best paw forward. Yeah, it'd be wonderful if the Southland Cup winner could become the New Zealand Cup winner, Andy, and it's something that we, um, well, I hope that we all strive for. Uh, and certainly um, you mentioned, uh, it was last week or the week before, uh, Michael Dempsey and Curly Bell, and of course he's amongst the nominations uh, from up my way, Marie Gowan with entree only. Uh, John Allen just runs a small team. I know he's trained a New Zealand, uh, sorry, a Duke of Edinburgh silver collar winner in the past. John, but terrific to see him with Kepper Chimes in the heats of the cup. Sharon Henson's got a dog in their meatloaf. And look, Andy, I, I just think that um, it's tremendous to see uh, the the smaller kennels, the smaller operations with greyhounds uh, with a, with the hundred thousand dollar dream alive at this stage. And and some of them with a chance too, aren't they? I mean, all those dogs you mentioned are, are all sort of good enough to come down and have a crack. And uh, I mean, of of all of those you mentioned, it's really good to see Marie Gowan uh, throwing entree only in the in the back of the truck and and making her way down. It's a it's a fair old trip down here to uh, to Christchurch from where they're based, and of course uh, having to, to deal with ferry crossings and whatnot. It's not an easy trip either. So good to see uh, her heading down. Dog in the right form as well, Rosso. That last start wins solid twenty five. 89 at Palmy's a, a time that would make her competitive. Yeah, indeed. Um, look, um, she's a greyhound who right from the start, uh, and in fact, I think you called her to a debut win from memory, Andy. Um, she, she's looked to have talent right from the start, and, and certainly on her last start performance in particular, she just showed that when she can pick that jump right, uh, she runs right through the line, and it, as you say, it's, it's, it is a, it's, a, it's a pretty tough series, but the one good thing, I think, for any of the dogs that are travelling that are fairly inexperienced around the Eddington track or haven't seen it before is that um, at least in the first heat or first round of heats, there aren't too many dogs that necessarily get knocked out. So if you can get through that first one, um, you know, even dogs running fourth and fifth can get through, um, then it gives you obviously that bit of confidence, that bit of experience going into the semi-finals when things get a bit cutthroat. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, the you know the first round we're talking about the the top four and the four fastest fifths making their way through to to next week's or the to the next week's semi finals, where the top two obviously go through to the final. So you get that little bit of a chance if something goes wrong into the first corner, don't you, to just uh, just regather your paws and, and and get yourself rolling again, and hopefully fill one of those top four spots and and make yourself. Uh, uh, a, a spot in the next week's semi-finals, which is uh, which is really good, and and I think the best thing about it, Rosso, gives dogs like the entree onlys and you know the other dogs that uh, the the cold camper bringing down. Um, obviously, Blink and Lily, another one, it gives them a chance to have a look at the track. You don't have to, to, to run top two or top three to make your way through to the final. So you can get a little bit lost. You can do things wrong, adding to the hard track to cop first up with no outside fence and the, the big cambered turns. So, you know, a dog like Blink and Lily, uh, Rosso, she gets her chance to, to feel her way around Addington and come back the next week and be a whole lot more competitive. Yeah, she's drawn uh, box seven in heat number seven, which will be 8.09 New Zealand time on uh, Thursday evening, 6.09 there, Melbourne time. Um, 
Andy, just a quick update on Blink and Lily. She was beaten for the first time in New Zealand on Friday. It was um, a six-dog field. The two outside dogs noted railers. Unfortunately, um, she was right in line with them as they came across. She got badly dragged down in the haunches. I, I must admit that initially I was very concerned that it might have been the New Zealand Cup dream over. Uh, caught up with Gary Fredrickson after the race. Now, fortunately, she has come through OK and she'll be able to head south uh, to Christchurch, which is... Uh, Obviously, very good news. Mustang Charlie severely affected in that uh, interference as well. Seems to have come through okay as far as I'm aware as well. But not the ideal confidence boost uh, going into the New Zealand Cup heats. Of all the dogs that lined up on Friday that, that are heading down for the New Zealand Cup heats, Andy, the one who really caught the eye was Big Time Panda. She was breathtakingly brilliant. She reeled off a couple of the fastest ever early sectionals in a very, very good front-running win. She's got some speed, hasn't she? The, uh, the the 520 metres at Addington uh, might be the question mark next to her name, but gee whiz, if she can reel off uh, the speed we saw from her uh, in that win at Palmy, then she'll certainly be in the race uh, a very long way. Ros, I'll put you on the spot here, mate. If you had the, the opportunity to, to own one of these greyhounds going through the series, if you, you got to put your name next to it, who would it be? Yeah, look, I, I, I hate to be a bit basic, Andy, but I, but I think I just have to say it's a blaze. Um, the the crowd is extraordinary. And we have talked in the past about, uh, you know, will he be able to put three runs together? Because, you know, sometimes he does go missing at the start, and that makes it hard, um, even if you're the fastest dog. Obviously, if you're back in the field trying to pick your way through other fast dogs, it's never easy. But I think, ultimately, he would have to be the starting point. And later in the show, we're going to catch up with... Um, Dave Fahey. Now, Dave and Jean have trained nine New Zealand Cup winners since 2006, Damien, and they've got 13 nominations for the Cup heats, including It's a Blaze, including a rising star called Opawa Superstar, and including the defending champion Rock on John. So if we're going to talk New Zealand Cup, We've got to talk to the Fahey camp, and we'll do that a wee bit later on here on Kiwi Chasing. Yeah, plenty of aspirants there. We'll take a break for the news on the other side. Before we head to our next guest as well, we're going to get your tips for the coming meetings over the next couple of days. You're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. And a big welcome back to Kiwi Chasing on this Sunday morning on SEN Track for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for Forbes. And Rosso and Andy, it's time to get your tips out uh, firstly to you, Rosso, in regards to the next couple of days of the meetings ahead. I mean, my, my week's a little bit different this week. Now, tomorrow in New Zealand is Labor Day, and that is a uh, holiday. Uh, so a statutory holiday, and normally, obviously, um, the Manawatu meeting, or Palmerston North Greyhound Racing Club at Manawatu Raceway, is the meeting that I call on a Monday. Well, this week uh, we're racing on Wednesday, and there's 15 races on Wednesday. So not quite the same for me. Uh, I've had a quick look, if anyone wants to note something down for, for midweek. Uh, race number five, dog one, a dog called Coiled Spring, draws up the inside. I can see him getting a cosy sit. He's a young dog with talent. He's in against a couple of dogs that beat him home the other day, but um, he's better drawn than they are. I think he'll get a a reasonable sit and uh, can finish them off there. Race five, number one, cooled spring. But this is Wednesday this week uh, for the Palmerston North meeting at the Manawatu. I'm going to stay with a dog called Hypothetical for some for some big odds. Race nine, number four. This greyhound was unlucky too back, and I was quite keen on it on Friday, and it found the front, and then the dog wandered out and actually um, just stepped on its hind quarters. Um, across the top and hypothetical lost all momentum there. 
Still not 100% convinced because we haven't seen him come down the straight without uh, any form of interference so far in his runs at Manawatu. But um, he's a risk because he runs wide hypothetical. But he's got slow trappers outside him. And I'm just hoping he can get around safely this time. And if he can, we might get a decent dividend. That's uh, race nine on Wednesday, number four. Hypothetical. Andy McCook, we come to you. Uh, three winners I think you threw out last week. What have you got for us? Uh, I can guarantee I won't be tipping three this week because it uh, looks uh, very difficult on paper and I can only come up with two and uh, they both go around tomorrow at uh, Eddington so that's Monday uh, race six dog one coffee biscuit fresh up for uh, for Janine and uh, comes up with a decent draw she probably won't be paying all that much but uh, she's usually uh, very consistent off the lids the two dog early speed likes to run a bit wide so she should be pretty hard to beat I think in the sixth coffee biscuits and uh, we'll move on to race number 10, uh, dog number 4, Claws and Marvel. Uh, there are some dogs here with a little bit of strength, but she's got a stack of speed, little Claws and Marvel, expecting her to be in front early on. And as long as she can sneak away on a dog like Smash Devil, then I thought she would be pretty hard to beat. And uh, Rosa, that's the only two I could find. I had a quick look through Auckland and was quite pleased in one way to see Drift the Dodge not going around today because he probably would have got me again. Oh, he's cost us badly, hasn't he, Drifted Dodge? But, um, yeah, Hayley Mullane just has the uh, one runner in. We might catch up with Hayley, though, in the uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks um, as we work our way through the half a dozen trainers uh, that are lining up greyhounds at uh, Monaco. We've had the Crate Kennel and the Farrell Kennel uh, in the last couple of weeks, and they are dominant numbers-wise. We had Thane Green, of course, today, who's got three runners. Rob Roper, Rob Roper is getting a, a fair-sized team around him. Another key player there is, is Marie Prangley, who's the mother of Hayley Mullane. Hayley, as I say, just with one in today. Marie Prangley in with a few, as Thane Green suggested. It could be another Craig benefit uh, today. The Greyhounds are uh, in good form and still fairly well graded to uh, claim uh, at least half the card of the eight races today. Some small fields there, Damien, but the key thing about that is those Auckland Greyhounds are getting racing, albeit uh, amongst themselves at this point. Yeah, it's a good point you make. All right, so on the other side of this next break, we're going to turn our attention to some of the aspirants for the New Zealand Cup of the big collection ahead. Damien Watson, Mark Rosalowski and Andy McCook with you on this Sunday morning on Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for four. Live around Australia on SEM Track, you're listening to Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, first for four. Welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the program on this Sunday morning. This is Kiwi Chasing for New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. Damian Watson joined across the Tasman by Andy McCook and also Mark Rosanowski. Well, uh, Rosso, in terms of our next guest, a fairly big representation in terms of potential aspirants for the New Zealand Cup in Dave Fahey, uh, the trainer. He certainly has his work cut out uh, with the amount of dogs he's obviously got to prepare and uh, I'm sure it's a big operation. Oh, indeed. Uh, Dave and Jean Fahey and the team, they have got a wonderful record in the New Zealand Cup. They've won it nine times since 2006. It started with Winsome Show, and that kicked off four in a row with Winsome Daisy in 07, Rockabye Lad in 08, Winsome Bucks in 09. 2012, they won with White Air, Apawa Swede in 2013, American Warrior 2016, 2018, they go bye-bye, and then Rock On John last year, who was back to defend his title. Dave Fahey, as we welcome you into Kiwi Chasing this morning with 13 nominations for the Cup Eats this week. You're leaving no stone unturned to try and find that 10th Cup winner. Good morning. How are you, Mark? 
Yeah, yeah look, good, Dave. Um, oh, just having a wee count up, uh, you have trained nine more New Zealand Cup winners than me. So far be it from me to query your preparation with one of your leading contenders, it's a blaze. But I was most interested to see you take the dog to Ascot Park over 630 metres. So uh, just talk us through that and your decision to race it's a blaze over a trip down there leading into the um, New Zealand Cup for which he is a pre-post favourite. Yeah, I just thought it would be um, good for his confidence. Quite a soft soft race and it's, it's a soft 600 there. And um, yeah, I've had good results from dogs over 600 then give them a week off and uh, you come back flying. Okay, I'm going to make plan. Hope it works. handbook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if somebody could make it work, Dave, it's you. Andy McCook, I'm going to bring you in here. Obviously, there's a whole heap of other chances as well, including last year's winner, Rock On John, and a new superstar, funnily enough, called Opawa Superstar. Yeah, Dave's got a pretty, well, Dave and Jean have a pretty big uh, handle on things this year. Dave, very good morning to you. Uh, in the first of the heats, we get to see uh, last year's winner and rock on John, who uh, in recent weeks has been very, very consistent. Yeah, he's um, jumping really well. He's just a wee bit weak at the end, but hopefully he's um, just coming to form at the right time. Comes up with box number four. It doesn't really matter where he draws with the early speed he has. He should be... Yeah, should be right to cross there. I'm pretty sure he gets to the lead easy enough. Hopefully you can hold on. Well, you've also got O'Power and Anita going around. She's just a C3 graded chaser, uh, very young, but so far she's done a super job. She's going really well. I thought the last last race she might have been a wee bit disappointing. and But box eight's perfect for her, and uh, she's definitely a promising young dog. On to the next seat, you've got O'Power Harper going around, comes up with a wide draw, and uh, she's got plenty of stamina on her side. Yeah, she can surprise you. She's a bit inconsistent, but when she goes, she she goes good. She won the um, Laurels, I think, three or four starts ago and uh, come out humming that day. So she is capable of uh, leading, and you never know. Got a couple of interesting runners going around in Heat 3, Dave. Dembe and Opawa Corey, both dogs with uh, big engines when they get the start right. Dembe... Box one should suit him, but he just moves out a wee bit to start with, and then he gets on the rail, and he, yeah. I thought last week it was his best race. He couldn't get on the rail at any stage and uh, stuck on really good for third. So if he gets on the rail, he's a different dog. A power Corey, a dog who uh, started off his career huge, and uh, just went through a bit of a flat spot, but he seems to be coming back at the right time. Yeah, we gave him a couple of months off, and he came back, and uh, he was trialling... Yeah, really great, but uh, just wasn't putting on the racetrack. But he, the last two starts, he's gone better, so hopefully he's on the way back. We see one of the most exciting dogs in uh, Greyhound Racing in New Zealand at the moment go around in heat number four, of course, the dog. Opawa Superstar, the winner of nine from 11, a couple of minor placings. Uh, gee, he's just been super so far, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he looks pretty good at this stage. Uh, it's a big step up for him, but uh, he, he raced against C5s. Four C five race, four C five dogs, uh, a couple of starts ago, and did well against them. So uh, yeah, no, he's, he's pretty promising. He's only small and young, but um, yeah, he's definitely got a big future. We know you've had uh, a lot of success with with uh, young restricted age dogs in the past, Dave. Where would you put Superstar on on the list of uh, of some of your your better dogs you've had over the years? Yeah, at this stage, he's like a 
um, right up there with like dogs like Winston Power and Power Shackley. Yeah. So in that heat, you've also got Opawa Lucy going around. Uh, not quite in Superstars category, but still a nice type in her own right. Yeah, she has a... Um, she's a bit in and out, but she went good good last start, so she might do put two together, hopefully. Pre-post favourite goes around in Heat 5, Dave. Uh, it's a blaze. Uh, we know what he's capable of when he gets it right, and he comes up with a squeeze draw. What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's not ideal, but... Um, Better there than in the final. He gets that far, but uh, no, he's he's really well. We he got up beautifully this morning, and um, he's happy as so. Uh, he couldn't have him been any better. A dog we haven't seen much in recent times is Shonky Sticker Dave, and comes up with a wide draw. Yeah, he's a wee bit uh, disappointing on uh, Thursday, Friday, but um, we'll just see what he's like over the next couple of days, whether we start him or not. Heat number six, you've got two going around here, Humbling and Opawa Deal, and I'm, I'm picking if you could choose their draws, Dave, you probably would have uh, had them around the other way. Yeah, we would, actually, but um, Humbling, she she comes out good, but then she's just, she just one pace after that, hasn't got the pace to kick, kick clear. But she's uh, she's strong, and um, I think she's actually suiting the inside better now than she was, so... Um, She's a chart, rough chance, and Deal, I think this is his third New Zealand Cup campaign. Uh, I think he won the Constellation last year in a, just about the same as the Cup. We might have even been quicker, actually. But he's an honest dog, and um, he's probably getting a bit past it now, but, yeah, he'll be battling away. And on to the final here, you've also got a couple going around here, uh, Fairly Able, who's uh, the winner of 10 from 48, and she's a pretty consistent little girl. Yeah, she's just downgraded. She hasn't had much luck lately, but she uh, was quite a handy field. So, but yeah, she'll she'll be uh, she'll be up near the lead early anyway, whether she can hold on. You've also got Opawa Wayne going around, and he's another young dog who's uh, relatively inexperienced, but so far he's made a big impression and already with a, a very fast time next to his name in terms of wins at Addington. Yeah, he's not the best beginner, but he's got a great uh, middle section. And uh, if he can get a bit of space early, he could, um, yeah, he, could, he really burns down the back straight if he can get a yeah, bit of clear air early from a slow beginning. So, yeah, no, he's definitely a promising young dog. Now's when we uh, ask the hard questions, Dave. You've got 13 going around, you and Gene. Uh, who would you label as your best uh, chance or your best couple of chances going through the series? Uh, it's a blaze. And then I'd say um, Superstar and Rock on John. I know you like to do a little bit of form as well, Dave. Uh, if you uh, if you had the opportunity to, to train a dog outside of the 13 you have going around, who who would you uh, like to bring into your kennel for the cup? I think the hardest one to beat is uh, Roger Bale. He's, uh, he's a bit similar to it's a blaze. Not the, not the quickest beginner, but he's got real, huge motor, really strong, and uh, yeah, I think he's the hardest to beat. Rosso, there's Dave with his thoughts. And uh, for those that don't know, Dave, he's very understated. I was walking out last year to uh, to catch in a heat with him, and I said, Dave, who are you winning the Cup with this year? He said, no, I'll be lucky to have a finalist. I'll probably have the first reserve. He ended up with half the final and trifected it. <laughs> I got very lucky that day, yeah. <laughs> Dave, it, it, it's, it's, been my lucky, it's been my lucky race, actually, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, 
going through the three rounds too, Dave, I mean, you do need some luck on your side. That's that's quite clearly the case, isn't it? I mean, going back to 2016, American Warrior, terrific dog that he was, but he kind of needed to get the right draws through that series? Yeah, you get, uh, I think you're just about three box eights, just where he wanted to be. And, um, yeah, he uh, he had the, um, he was a bit, he was average out, but he had the, a magnificent second section as well. I think we about seventeen fifty down the back straight, and uh, then it was uh, put into bed after that. A good lead, Dave. Um, for you and Jean, has there been any particular of the nine wins so far in the Cup that stood out for you? Any that have been special? You've had uh, New Zealand breeds, you've had Australian imports. Are, are, are there any that you know you particularly remember or thought, "Yep, that was that was the most satisfying." Um, I thought the most exciting race was Rockabye Lad. Um, just can't think of the dog that won the who won the million dollar race, half a million, two hundred fifty. The big race for the centennial. Um, from Aussie. Platinum Paws. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yes. Paws. Go, we're going back to the Platinum Paws. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who won uh, that race? Size, su- su- something to do with size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he won that that race like six weeks previous, and that was just. They were just head and head all the way, and um, I thought it was a exciting, really exciting race. And, he, and Rock on John just got the advantage, like close to the line. It was one of my favourite ones. Mm, yeah, uh, ready made size, I think, from uh, not Rock on John, sorry, Rockabye Lad. Rockabye Lad, yeah, two thousand and eight. Um, yeah. and, so, uh, size Commander was that dog, boys. Size, size Commander, that's it. Yeah, ready made size, yeah. of course, is a. Um, Bitch that we've got a few racing out of uh, round here in the central districts, and um, Dave, um, obviously, you know, <laughs> we've had some good nights uh, after the New Zealand Cup, but uh, everything a little bit different this year. Um, but uh, hopefully, anyway, that um, the, the, the people who can be there on track on uh, on New Zealand Cup night will uh, appreciate that it's still a very special race in 2021, even if we can't get everybody uh, there to uh, to sort of pump up the atmosphere. Yeah, it's a shame there won't be much crowd there, but uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of um, pubs and that watching things from there. Have to, like New Zealand Trotting Cup and Galloping Cup, be all the same for everyone this year. Not much fun, really, not being there, but yeah, we'll have to make the best of it, though. You will, uh, we will. Um, Look, um, just uh, before we wrap up, about a minute to go here. Just quickly on Opawa Superstar, I noticed you put him in a restricted age race last start, and um, to make sure of the dog being in the cup, you probably would have been more likely to have put the dog in a uh, in a class race. Now, ultimately, the dog's got in, but were you not too bothered whether Opawa Superstar made the cup field uh, this year, given that um, in 12 months' time he's potentially going to be even better? No, I didn't want to push it. I just wanted to, um, if he got in, he got in, and that was a nicer race for him penalty free and um i never put a sister in chrissy who's she's she's pretty small only 26 kilos i just didn't want to get don't yeah i don't want to see them knocked around too much so i think they've got big great futures and um yeah so he got a start so we left him in but yeah i wasn't too worried if he didn't get a start excellent dave hey thanks for your time all the best to you and gene to the team too this year as you chase your 10th new zealand cup Thanks very much. So that's Dave Fahey team, Andy McCook. That's the music. It's a bit like a guillotine about to come down upon our necks. But I know you'll be looking forward to Thursday with the Cup Heats and, of course, the Galaxy Heats on Friday.
Yeah, going to be a stellar couple of days to uh, to finish this week of racing uh, down here in Canterbury and uh, next week's show should be an absolute boomer. Uh, it's another edition of Kiwi Chasing at the Books, all thanks to New Zealand Greyhounds, the first for form. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 